Hello Waterloo Road fans, just popping in as always before we get going with the podcast to tell you about our Patreon page. Patreon is a subscription service where for a small fee you can get access to extra content from uh, creators such as us. Uh, our Patreon page is at patreon.com slash Pod. And on it, we post uh, extended versions of our cast member interviews, exclusive episodes handing out awards for each series of the show. We also review other school-based shows such as Teachers and Britannia High. I would like to thank all of our current Patreon subscribers. So thank you to Matthew Kumar, to Georgia Leah, aka The Avocado Bath on Instagram and TikTok, to Eliza, who is at Multifandom on Instagram, which is MX. LTI.FXNDCM, to Joe Buckle, to Tom Percival, to Emily Berry, to Ryan Jones, and to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to all of you, and as I mentioned a while ago, if you would like to subscribe to the Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. Thank you very much, and let's get on with this week's episode. and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your host and Waterloo Road superfan, Tom Beasley, and I'm joined by Luke Stevenson. How are we and how excited are we about Waterloo Road this week? I am so excited this week because after after the high point of the um, Melissa banter last week, I am very, I'm sure very, we'll all agree the best the podcast has ever been. <laughs> I'm very excited to bring to you this week a running, an, another running pun, which is Pekim. So it's a mixture of Peking and Kim for Pekim. Right. And at one point, I think I have an expertly placed Pekim Tom. But I'm very excited by that because, again, this episode is main theme is mainly about how comfortable schools in the noughties were about strange men just lingering by the gates oh, and inside me, yes. the school what grounds. What was happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, at least in, in the good old days, you used to have Eddie who would just emerge and find someone <laughs> and that would be the end of that. But in this episode, there is just a, like, there's no other word for it. The man's a phantom. He's just every time you Kim walks past a wall, the man just appears behind the wall. <laughs> yes, it's it's yeah, legitimately baffling. I like the way you've sort of uh, lampshaded your P Kim joke. I like to imagine that when you do your P Kim Tom later, it's going to be like that um, that Leonardo DiCaprio image from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's pointing at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Because this way, there's like listeners, a little peek behind the curtain here is a lot of our running jokes Tom cuts out. So I realized <laughs> if I now hammer them so hard into the intro, he can't cut it out. So um, this episode, uh, it starts with uh, Kim, uh, her and her and Grace getting ready for school. And then as they're leaving, we see uh, a guy watching them uh, in a car. He's not uh, watching them. He's. Sorry, peek him at them. Yes, there we go. Um, <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> My commitment to the bit is already out the window. Um, I actually have a note before there. I have a note from the intro. 
of course. Well, from the um, from the recap, because I don't think we fully went into the fact that like Eddie's line about Melissa, where he said, "I didn't want to be alone anymore." So he's like, "I never loved her. I didn't want to be alone anymore." That's an insane. Like in retrospect, that's an insane thing because he says it to her sister. Like, so what Eddie is basically fronted to there is my whole thing with your sister was totally fake. I was just lonely. Whereas the only crime she's committed is just not, not saying that she was married to someone else. Her love was still real. And she has now committed the, the crime of abandoning her son with her sister. What's that about? <laughs> she's just gone. <laughs> like, yeah, surely. Like, you know, if you don't get done for the bigamy, it's the abandonment that's going to do you. <laughs> the double bigamy. <laughs> a bigamy bigamy yes um so yeah so while all that's going on um uh, dante and, and and chloe were arriving at school um chloe and flick are talking about these essays they've got to do um chloe says she's got an essay due about employment and education and dante tries to make some joke about how she knows all about that um, and Chloe basically just, you know, bats him away to spend more time talking to Flick about their schoolwork. And we and see Dante is sad, very sad. And they're not sure that what they should be talking about is how Flick is again serving looks. <laughs> last, last week, it was like above the knee socks or just knee high socks. Above the knee socks sounds very 19th century, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> You're showing her socks above the knee. Um, this week, it's a it's a tights look. She's changed her hair again. <laughs> like they hired one like makeup artist and one like costume designer for this whole series, and they just gave them to flick. <laughs> um, so uh, Dante goes to confront Kim for um, uh, telling Chloe to do her A levels. Um, Kim tells Dante she's pregnant, not ill, um, and basically accuses Dante of having an attitude that should have died in the Ice Age. So there's um, a, lot of, a lot of things here. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Do- it's, it's part of this thing where Dante has this incredible nuclear family fantasy. Yes. Where his fantasy is to be an 18-year-old <laughs> mechanic who has a, a wife, who's a stay-at-home mum. He goes out and earns the money. He gets home. He has a beer and the football. And that's his life. <laughs> but she was going to be a hairdresser as well. So, like, Dante isn't against her having a job. She's just against her having an academic one, which is odd. Because it, 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 yeah, it seems like the, the way they frame it is that he's concerned about her going away to university more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But he could just go with her. Yes, so, like he is not tied to one area. Yeah, he can take the van that they own and drive it there. I, um, I, I suppose his perspective at this point in the episode is that that for him is quite an emasculating thing for mm-hmm. her to be going and studying and bettering herself while he tends to the baby. Yeah. So one of my points is that Dante hates Chloe for trying. Yes. Which is like very Channing Tatum at the start of 21 Jump Street. When he's like, hey, I'm trying to study. He's like, look at him. He's trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And then his, like, his logic, you know, he must have embarrassed himself when he said this. He says to Kim, she should take it easy because she's pregnant. And apparently reading books is a big stress <laughs> on pregnancy. <laughs> and then... But, like, That's the what they say, thing, don't they? They say no, no flying, no roller coasters, no reading. That's how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Reading on an airplane, God help you. <laughs> K- 
Kim says Dante's attitudes about motherhood should have ended in the Ice Age, which is a nice thought, but it'd probably be better articulated by a woman who didn't say last week that a woman walking around in a low-cut top was bringing on assault. Yes, this is um, this is the Kim of before times rather yeah, yeah. than the Kim of last week. Yeah. <laughs> Kim, Kim is fixed now. <laughs> She's back. She was just like, she was set off by a glamour model. That's it. She, she had to serve a story purpose last week to which she was not suited. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, so we see that Janice is um, getting ready to have a boob job, as she talked about last week with the, the glamour model. That, um, that happened so fast. So fast. Alarmingly fast. Um, so her, her mum, question mark? I believe is, it's her mum. <laughs> yeah, is, is there. Um, the doctor's talking about side effects. Uh, he says you might have decreased nipple sensitivity or increased nipple sensitivity. And the mum goes, that could be handy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which way? <laughs> go on, go on. You, you, you've opened this door. Say, state a preference. Yeah, no, the, the mum is really into it. She's brought the, she, apparently she's bought it as her 18th birthday present. What did you get for your 18th birthday? Um, I, I I got a um, I got a breast reduction actually, <laughs> breast reduction and just a smidge of lipo. Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> I think I can remember my aunt and uncle got me an Empire subscription. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very strange. Um, so uh, we learn that Davina is away. Um, Mysterious. On, on, I think she's under the floorboards. <laughs> she is under Tom's floorboards. And all right, a running theme is about to begin in this is now like I say a running theme, it's the second time it's happened, but Davina goes on course, man she is with starts playing away from home. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Like I thought maybe I was reading too much into it, but the it's not that subtle, is it? They're they're definitely no, no, building not at all. Yeah, they're definitely building that up. Yes. But they're building it in such a way. Where they seem to not be criticizing Tom for it at all. But then, like, the thing is, it's weird because it's a TV show. So the show is, and it's this TV show. So it's clearly (laughs) signaling where it wants to go with it. Yeah. But realistically, there's nothing in this episode that you should judge anybody for. He's just being a kind and generous man. But because the show. It has a it has a certain language whereby when it lingers on one shot, it therefore means, oh, okay, I know how this is going. Yes. So, yes, um, man so of yes, the people. Davina's away. So um, Kim tells Carla that they're just going to have to sort of try and muddle through um, without Davina. I'm sure that's not how it works. I'm sure they would get a supply in. But also, um, you like, know, a student with with additional needs still needs that support. And- but also, like, Davina's been training to be a teacher for a good, like, 20 episodes yes. at this point. <laughs> so it's only in this episode where they decide to make Carla Carla's additional needs centric. They decide to remember what they established a series and a half ago and go, yes. oh, yeah, Davina's still her full-time support, as well as doing teacher training all of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kim is, is teaching an art class. It's nice to see someone teaching, to be honest. Um, she's teaching um, H- Hogarth through the medium of celebrity magazines. I'm still confused by the makeup of these classes. Like they've stopped, <laughs> they, they have stopped all pretense that they have different kids in different classes. It's <laughs> all of the kids with speaking roles exist in one environment. 
Yes. So again, lessons for life, kids. The kids who are pay whose parents were paid money to come and boost their grades are all just mixed in in the same little pot. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bolton is texting with Janice, presumably about um, her operation. Uh, Bolton's obviously got a bit of bravado about it. Uh, Philip tries to join in, speculating about the size. Uh, talking about double D's, and then Kim chips in to say double D for downright depressing, which I thought was pretty good. She just she just remembered who she was last week, and she means yes. She's like, I'm for <laughs> I'm for female empowerment, but not this, <laughs> not yes. this. You want, you want to take those attitudes back to the Ice Age where they belong. I you've 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 jumped over the part where Bolton describes the procedure as Janice getting her melons done. <laughs> Yes, you're right. I did skip over that. <laughs> oh, it's worth it. Again, why is Philip still acting this way? Philip is just a. I don't even know how to talk about Philip. He's gone off the deep end. Like <laughs> yes. at least, like you know, it's it's so weird how Bolton saying she's getting her melons done is objectionable, but it seems to fit with Bolton's character, yes. and that therefore means that everything Philip does is even is like twice as objectionable. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so the man we saw in the car turns up at the school. Uh, Tom just happens to be stalking the corridors, Eddie style. Yeah, and there's a peek in Tom moment. A, a peek in Tom, yeah. So uh, he <laughs> he pops up. We learn that the, the bloke is David, who is uh, Little Grace's uncle. Um, uh, and he asks to be taken to Kim, uh, which, which Tom obliges with. Uh, Carla is... Um, brilliantly drawing some sort of Hogarth style celebrity gossip uh, magazine. Turns out that as well as everything else, she's an art prodigy. Because, you know, Asperger's is a superpower as we are, as we are led to believe by all media, especially this, she can count pi to 400 million and she can draw detailed artist impressions of a person in less than three minutes. Yes. So that's Um, fine. So, I have some thoughts about the man, um, David. Yes. So, um, a man is stalking the hallways. Tom, yes. former head of pastoral care, sees this yes. strange man, says, excuse me, who are you? And he goes, I'm Grace's uncle. I've come to see Kim. And he goes, okay. What? <laughs> We've had a shooting, a fire, and a girl being kidnapped by a supply teacher at this school all in the last nine months. And Tom's just like, this seems this seems pretty legit, to be honest. Let's have him go through and just do whatever he wants. So I think it's that. So he says that Kim's expecting him. And I think Tom's calculation is, I'll take him to Kim. And if Kim isn't, uh, isn't expecting him, I back myself in the confrontation. I think that's Tom's <laughs> way of thinking. I'm not sure about that. Also, one thing I did enjoy, which is probably for me and me alone, is the music that he's stalking the halls to is the same music that appears in the episode of The West Wing where the president's daughter gets kidnapped. So it's like this big five minute sequence of all this building drama, which this music plays subtly throughout all of it, crescendoing. And in this show, obviously, they just slap it on every 10 seconds the man's walking around. Yes, such such is the way. Um, So Tom brings David into Kim's classroom. Uh, Kim is obviously like very hesitant about him. He talks about wanting to go to the crash to see Grace. At this point, Tom's like, yeah, I'll take you to see the kid. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Kim, you're you all right if I take the stranger to see the child? Take her out for a few hours, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, so Kim is like, well, this is clearly going to go south in a hurry if I've left Tom in charge. So she asks the class to, to pack up early. Um, she legs it to intercept them. Um, and then uh, she uh, tells David, um, I'll speak to you at break time, saying, yes, man, hang around until break time. <laughs> <laughs> Not immediately leave the premises, sir. Yes. Um, one thing we didn't talk about in the art classroom is just how like Michaela's presence is just to look toe raggy. It's like yes. a, just a toe rag shot. So it's like things are happening. You get a shot of her in the background. You're like, ah, toe rag things are about to happen. Yes. Um, I mean, we, we remember back in the, uh, the Jasmine bullying days that the teachers love to call Michaela every name under the sun. <laughs> oh, exactly. So I just, I just have, it's a, it's a toe rag angle, which is just, yeah. they cut, cut to the toe rag. And then, um, Kim strangely instructs the nursery worker, no one can access the baby but her. Yeah. Now, access is a strange word, but also, duh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> usually there are all sorts coming in. <laughs> like, you know, I you know, used to pick up my daughter from childcare, and there was, I wouldn't even say fairly, there was never a day where access had been granted to somebody else. I turned up and they're just, oh no, she's not here. <laughs> she's gone with Uncle David. <laughs> um, so Phil is now in Eddie's classroom. He shouts about maths being for saddos and geeks. He's trying to show off in front of Bolton. Um, Carla's drawing him on her sketch pad. Alicia and Danielle are laughing about how he looks like a hobbit. They call him Philbo Baggins. Pretty good. Um, I mean, it's no he- peak him. No, but um, of course not. Uh, he sort of snaps and calls Carla a freak, um, which is uh, ill-advised. Ill-advised, indeed. And again, again, we're just demonstrating Carla's ability to just draw people in seconds, yeah. which is something. But again, one thing that like, so Eddie takes him out, and I think, you know, Philip is just acting... <laughs> You're going to sound like he like, shot him. Eddie takes well, him out. <laughs> treats him like babe. Um, but... Like, at least the show is not doing what it usually does, which is they're going to have him have this behavior for three or four episodes and then retrospectively try and make it all about something. They are at least clearly stating at this point that it is about the fact that he was abandoned by his mum, which I understand causes some things, but I don't understand why it would cause him to act out in this way, which is just like, I've been abandoned by my mother. I therefore must sexually objectify everybody I come in contact with. And I I think the idea is that he wants to be to have a connection with someone and so he's decided he wants to be friends with the lads and he thinks the way to do that is by making sexually inappropriate comments hmm. talking about how people are getting their melons done <laughs> again it might not speak to today's youth but i reckon you know in that era when we were going to school it probably would have worked exactly exactly i think there's a there's an argument for that certainly i always and i always entertain this great like um nether zone because i used to play sports up until the age of about 13 14 and i stopped and been into drama which basically meant i had a foot in both camps so we're having to act like the sporty kids so that was that was nice i had that i had ever, that... if there was ever a dispute between the sport kids and the theater kids you were like the go-between <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i think i always got away with it as well i was never physically demanding enough for anyone to actually see there's a value in beating up <laughs> absolutely no threat whatsoever I know it's it's just yeah it'd be like it'd be like invading Switzerland. It's like well, <laughs> <laughs> not worth not worth the time and the tanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So um, Michaela approaches Carla. She's decided this is a, a get-rich-quick scheme in the making. Um, says she wants to be Carla's agent to help her sell her art. Um, Carla doesn't want any of her current art to be sold, but agrees to sketch people and they'll have a 50-50 split. Of £2.50 per picture. Yeah. Especially you think Michaela isn't very good at this. No, that, that's very cheap for a portrait. I know it's the North and I know it's the noughties, but still a hand-drawn portrait to that quality. But they, they very quickly um, come up with a plan to like sketch all 600 or so <laughs> people at the school at £2.50 a go, earning something like £700 each. Which is, I think, you know, grossly overestimating the amount of demand there would be for a sketched picture. Have yes. you ever had a sketched picture of you? No. <laughs> no, I walk past the man in Leicester Square all the time. And I've never been tempted. No, I mean, it always reminds me of that um, Simpsons he, he, I'm thing. sure he charges more than £2.50. Oh, yeah, he definitely <laughs> does. So, uh, Kim meets uh, David, who has been allowed to hang around until break. Um, he says he's delivering a message from Grace's father. Um, the family wants a financial gift of £1,000 um, to help out Grace's grandmother. And he very pointedly says, a blood relative. As if mm-hmm. to suggest that Kim isn't a blood relative. Yeah, it's. I think it's got some very, you know, mid noughties attitudes towards African nations, where he says, "Build, build her a hut in the village." It's just yes. like, come on. <laughs> like, I, I thought Andrew Treadman had built huts for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it is. It's just like going that assumption that it's just like this place has. They're wanting to paint into our minds that she's taken this baby from a place with no running water of any kind, and it's like, but he got a flight. Like, <laughs> you know, there's there's a mode of transportation. Um, yeah. And, but I did have because um, I said last last week towards the end I was like, oh, has there been a kidnapping? And now we have confirmed that there has indeed been a kidnapping. Yeah. I'm running these um, Kim things into the ground. They're going to pay you off. Really, really, really are. Um, so the, the, one of many baffling Eddie and Rachel scenes in this episode comes about. They're talking about Philip. Uh, Eddie says that he's just sort of testing both of them to see what the limits are because his mum's gone. Um, his dad's not returning any calls. Um, so <laughs> Rachel suggests that she, Philip and Eddie go bowling. <laughs> no, no, they don't go bowling. They go bowling. Bowling, I'm sorry. They go she does, bowling. She does say it like such a posho. I, there's a line later when they're at the bowling which uh, I, I specifically want to shout out for its big Susan-ness. Um <laughs> One thing about um, David's demands is that Kim, Kim reasonably says, I've just got back, I don't get paid, I get paid next week, and I give it to you there. And he goes, no, I need the money for today. Why? There's no... Because that's how you do an ominous threat. It's not a very ominous threat <laughs> if you go, I need a thousand pounds soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> It, it, uh, it only and then he like at one point I think he advanced it saying at the end of the school day it's like yes. why like ten past three <laughs> why is that your deadline other than this show takes place in one school day and therefore yeah. the drama needs to totally pay out um, um, so Michaela has decided that in order to to flog their new business they're going to exhibit Carla's work at lunchtime they ask Kim taking advantage of the fact Kim's very distracted. Um, Kim says, yes, you can do it, but you have to go and speak to, to Miss Mason first. Um, Michaela obviously has no intention of, of doing that. Um, 
So Chloe's doing some work in the uh, the like the library common room thing. Uh, Dante comes over with some food. He's like, "You're eating for two now." And Chloe, continuing her thing of being the most sensible person on the show, <laughs> just says, "You sound like an old woman." <laughs> uh, we get a lovely little Mika mensch in this. We do get a lovely little in... Mika mensch in this episode. Yeah, it's the second Mika mensch in a row because we had one last week when Tom was doing exposition to Kim. Yeah, exactly. So we've had, you know, a good 10, 11 weeks people pretending she doesn't exist. Yes. <laughs> but yes, they're talking about turning her room into a nursery. Dante just wants to jabber about the baby, but Chloe's trying to work. And yeah. he then basically implies that she's a selfish, horrible person for wanting to work rather than talk about the baby. Yeah. Like, see, the thing is, is Chloe doesn't understand the parameters of the show. Chloe wants to talk about the baby somewhere else at another time, unaware that all things must be yeah. discussed within the school day. Otherwise, they don't exist. She's like, buy me a meal deal first, Dante, then we can talk. Right, <laughs> yeah, get me, a, get me a coronation chicken and a bag of sun bites. None of this orange juice nonsense. I want a Coke Zero. Other crisps and fizzy drinks are available. Did they have Coke um, Zero back in these days? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it was a, a Pepsi Max era, but not quite Coke Zero yet. I don't remember I feel when like Coke it, Zero came in. I feel like it was a thing. Yeah, I think it was Pepsi Max. <laughs> Do you remember the summer of Vanilla Coke? Vanilla Coke back? What are you talking about? Yeah, but it went away for a while and then came back because there was a summer where Vanilla Coke was everywhere. I remember going to some sort of like event and they were handing it out everywhere. And there were so there were like lots of cans of Vanilla Coke just sat around where people had taken one sip and gone, this is vile. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Vanilla Coke, I always remember, because when we were in university, we had American Fizz um, up in Winton, and we walked up there, and I got an eight-pack of Coke Vanilla from there. I remember it gave me a stomachache, and then Coke Zero Vanilla, which is pretty common now, um, just tastes like chemicals. Coke Coke Cherry Vanilla is the only flavoured Coke that... No, Coke, sorry, Coke Cherry and Coke Cherry Zero are the only flavoured Cokes that are acceptable. That was a longer digression than I expected. Um, <laughs> shouldn't have remembered who I was talking to. Didn't realise I was talking to like a sommelier for Coke. <laughs> I, had a, I had a whole summer where oh, I was getting Coke, stressed. Coke Cherry only with fish. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I had a whole summer where I was getting increasingly stressed out by the uh, erasure of the black Coke Zero cans because they replaced them with the red cans with the black line across the top so that it all like looked more consistent across the brand. And I hated it. I was like, a, I was a true Coke can, black Coke zero can purist. And yeah, over a whole summer, I saw it erased and it became a thing at work where people at work were going out at lunchtime. And when they saw inappropriate cans, they would send pictures of them to me. Consummate hosting there, Tom. Complain about the digression, then make it longer. Um... <laughs> So, at least um, to say the word consummate <laughs> and sommelier. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. <laughs> so, uh, Tom notices that Rose is reading um, Julius Caesar. Um, she borrowed it off Marley. We we saw earlier in the episode. Um, she describes it in a way that I'm sure you appreciate, saying that it's like Blair and Brown, but with murders. Kings, utter kings. <laughs> Um, Tom's very Tom's very impressed by her affection for Shakespeare, and he says that English is about 
discussion and debate and uh, invites her to, to sit in on the class later. Yeah, when, and when she's going to learn how in two weeks, like, why am I just making up nonsense about poetry? It's like, oh yeah, that's what English is, realistically. it's mm-hmm. We analyse this full stop in this um, poem for about three weeks. Um, I always, I just like the fact that this whole scene starts where Tom, an English teacher, walks up and says, what's Julius Caesar about there? I was like, Tom, sure he's, you... He's, he's not <laughs> genuinely asking. He's asking I know, he performs explain. it in a way, but it's like, oh, Julius Caesar, what's that about? <laughs> I've, got, I've got a class on it later. That's been on my to-read pile for a long time. <laughs> Blair, there was an era where people could just go, it was like Blair and Brown. And people, yeah, people would know what that meant. Yeah. Um, so Tom goes to talk to Grantley about this, and Grantley's response is, she's a dinner lady. Let's not distract her from her calling. Everyone's got their place in life. And hers is handing out the mash or something like that. Yes, words to that effect. But, but again, it's this kind of weird classism that the show has within itself, which is a couple of weeks ago, we were supposed to really root for Rose as she became an independent business person who, you know, fought through her adversity to, you know, earn the contract to run this stuff. And now that's advanced and the show is looking down on her within that role itself. So it doesn't, like, the the logic here doesn't track. Rose bought herself up from nothing, really, to then run this business with Candice. And within two weeks of that happening, the show is saying, oh, she's not good enough. Therefore, let's make her an English teacher. That, that feels like it feels like any person who was hired by the school in a non-teaching role will eventually become a member the of the English is, department. Right, so <laughs> we've seen the next time trailer and we know what happens next week. So the, I guess they have to build her up one level higher in order to knock her down again. Yeah. Because for like a few weeks, she's just been like trucking along, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. I know, but still. But then we, why why does the show itself feel like it needs to build her as having ambitions beyond running her own successful business after overcoming alcoholism? Like, Well, this is a show that just a week ago decided to force a young woman to abandon her promising career in hairdressing. Yes. Because that so wasn't that, middle class enough. So that she could get A-levels. And now yeah. we've seen Rose run her own business as like no no, no. she must no, read julius caesar. Read julius caesar exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and become an english teacher yeah it's just um, it's so it's i just the internal logic of this show is so broken because so much of it is about underprivileged kids finding opportunities wherever they can and then also the show bending over backwards to tell them that those opportunities are yeah yeah they'll have dante reading you know homer's odyssey next week um so uh, flick and chloe are having a discussion um chloe's talking about the way dante's acting flick says that chloe is lucky to have someone who cares so much um we see chloe being given I care, by flick. steph <laughs> by steph for a french essay and then dante goes off to brood in the van and then he's crying and he kicks off and he sort of tears the van apart in a fit of rage so I, I have a, th- a little theory because Dante's aggression and upset in all of this episode feels utterly mad. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think the show wants us to have sympathy for him, but I just don't. Um, so is there a chance what he's actually upset about is that he's realised he's in a super dry jacket? <laughs> I mean, I think what's happening, uh, and I think, um, I think Adam Thomas's performance is actually pretty good. I think it, it, it's this character who 
ever since we first met Dante, forward planning is what he does. Mm-hmm. Like to the point of craziness, forward planning is what he does. And so this is a point where he thought he had it all figured out and suddenly it's changed in a way that he can't reasonably be angry about. Because there's no, he can't be angry about the fact that she wants to do A-levels and to go to university. So, but he feels like that's wrecked all of his plans. And so that's why he is regressing to being a petulant child because he thinks all of his adult plans are, are crumbling around his ears. Yeah. It was nice to see Dante destroy a car without being in a driver's seat, though. Exactly. And no, one, there was no collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> without any passengers. Um, I still um, have... So, are Chloe and Flick having that conversation in a new version of the sixth form common room? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. And Chloe's still taking French. Again, all of the A-level students take French. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so uh, Rachel asks Kim to keep an eye on Michaela because she's found out about this exhibition thing. Kim then asks if she can have an advance on her salary. Um, then she gets paid next week, but she wants an advance. And I think Rachel reacts quite normally to this, considering how weird the request is. Yeah. I, I've, I don't know how advances work. I've never, I don't. I've never asked for one. I don't know if people have done. It's kind of something that you see in TV and film a bit where people ask for advances. I'm not sure how common they are to be given. So I I, I have no reference point for how strange or not this request might be. It, it just, it feels odd that... A week I mean, you're freelance, just... so you're paid six weeks late regardless. Yes. And it. I get paid the same time every month. Yeah. <laughs> the, the famous maxim being that a freelancer gets paid per article, per word, or perhaps... <laughs> um, <laughs> or um, on Patreon. <laughs> no. <laughs> See what I did? Um, so uh, yeah, it, it seems a strange one because obviously, like she's theoretically in quite a stable job, and so this notion of asking to be paid a week early, it feels a little bit like alarm belly, doesn't it? <laughs> if you're an employer. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like an employer can go into that though. I don't feel like. No, maybe. Not. I don't feel like Rachel's in a, within her power to start getting worried about Kim's financial situation. And the, the, like Kim's story that she gives is is like a legitimate one. She's just moved mm. across. She's got a baby to take care of. She had to buy yeah. them lots of things, and she hasn't had her first paycheck yet. We don't know what she was being paid to do all of her God saving work with Andrew in Rwanda. So, yeah, and but again, the fact that they are getting paid next week just again makes the fact that David is being so unreasonable about this you know blackmailers who travel across countries aren't known for their reasonableness no. but if he's if he's taken the time for the flight he can have he can have a week he can go see the sites around Rochdale and then he can come back and just be like All right you can pay me now yeah and it's by him being pushy that he loses out she was happy to pay him in a week yeah, so meanwhile, um, Michaela's put Carla to work doing her sketching in the, the in the toilets. Yeah, is um, this how kids got selfies before front-facing cameras? I think it might well be. <laughs> Maybe this was happening at our like at our schools. We just weren't aware of it. <laughs> when did? Because I I had a flip phone that had a rolling camera in the hinge, Ooh. so you could roll it round to be a front-facing one. Posh. Yeah, it was at the time. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, Grantley pays a visit to the exhibition. He says, art smart, because of course he does. <laughs> yeah. um, meanwhile, Michaela has started selling some of uh, the other art that she told Carla she wasn't going to sell. 
Um, so uh, Kim finds out that she's not going to get her advance. Um, she decides to like run away with Grace, but like the moment they get near the car, David materializes. He just he just appears. <laughs> I just got all of my notes this week are interjected with like exclamate like just capital letters. Why is this man just allowed on the premises all day? Yeah. And it just appears. And I know the moments where he's just appeared because it's just yeah. there, scattered throughout my notes. Yeah, um, it just lurks. And like he wants like a silly question. He wants. He either wants the money to build a house or he's going to take the child back. But what? He can't build the house out of the child. So it's like, if they want the house, just wait. I don't... But eventually the, the, the blackmail is more... Eventually it becomes... It's not so much that I'll take the child back. It's like, I'll tell all your fancy teacher friends what happened. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes eventually, so... Yeah, it's like I don't fully understand what his motivations are at this point. Yeah, there's um, one of the when Michaela starts selling Carla's art, there's a point when like just a teenage girl offers five pounds to buy a piece of abstract art. Yes, and (laughs) I at that point I just paused it and then in my notes I've got in capital letters, Oh my god, we're only 32 minutes into this. All of these kids seem really interested in art. There's a scene a little bit later where they bring the like the hard lad in. Yeah. And he's like, I won't beat you up if I can have some of those paintings. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Um, so, uh, yeah, Kim decides to go to talk to Steph um, to ask her for money. Um, there's a nice little bit where Steph references Maxine and we see she kind of pauses and it's a nice little moment of acknowledgement for what she's lost um, and Steph then agrees to, to help Kim out with the money there's a lovely little chat with, with between um, Rose and Marley which I really liked where Rose goes to tell him that she's going to sit in on his class and that she and can spell rhythm yes and he's initially like oh god what are you doing but but she kind of talks him around it's a really nice little conversation um because Marley is the best person. He is. No, Marley, I reckon Marley would have given Kim £20,000 if she'd asked him. Yeah. He'd be like, look, it's 1000 for the baby, it's nineteen just for yourself. Just for yourself. <laughs> yes. Just take I've, whatever you I've need. Told, I've told the parents of every girl in this school that I won't date their daughters. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I you know what I thought about it more, and I'm just more and more angry that for all of my time in secondary school, not dating people, I wish I could have got paid for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't know it was something that could be monetized. <laughs> yeah. um, I was, I was great at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Chloe tells Dante he acted like a spoiled brat when she sees what happened to the van. They go and talk to Tom, and Dante does this thing to Tom where he's like, oh, she's always been better than me and better off without me, which is fair. Um, Tom tells him to grow up and suggests that he needs to prove himself, at which point I went, oh, no, what is he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> he ends up on top of the school in a bunny suit. Yeah, exactly. I was like, where is this going to go? Um, so... Everything's kicking off at the art thing. Um, Carla tells Michaela she doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so Sam Sam Kelly's friend wasn't happy with her portrait. And so she demanded her money back. She didn't get her money back. So she's like, I'll get my brother on you. And she brings her supposedly hard brother. 
who just looks like a floppy fringed indie band singer. <laughs> How old is he supposed to be as well? It's like, because it's either he should be in another school. Yeah. Or he's an adult, at which point he's come, he's turned up to threaten children for art. Like I, 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 he just, I, yeah, I just assumed he was like a, an older student at the school. No, but he's not. He's wearing a shirt. Well, maybe he's a rebel. Uh, well, no, they all, they all have the like the we've established this. They have the tracks cut into the oh, side of their true. head. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, um, I do like the fact that this is probably that boy's only acting performance yeah. because it's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> he turns up and he's just there to over. It's like. And they're like, you know, a bit like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. And he's like, okay, I get it. And she's like, no, no, no. Um, so Michaela and the girl have a fight and one of Carla's pictures gets ripped. Um, uh, Carla runs away. Eddie happens to be, of course, stalking past while this is yeah, all going Yeah, not on. stalking past while David is just roaming around doing whatever <laughs> he likes. But if there's um, a girl fight to be interrupted, Eddie finds himself there. Yeah. So we see that, that Carla has, has run away and she's sort of stuck on it like a crossing in the middle of a road. Um, Eddie, of course, flips out at Kim because that's what Eddie does at the moment. Yeah, for no reason, really. I don't feel like this is all Kim's fault. The show, I don't think the show ties Kim's storyline with this one enough for us to believe no. that it's Kim's fault. No, absolutely not. Um, um, so in the English classroom, Tom uses Rose's Blair Brown line uh, when he's, he's teaching Julius Caesar. Um, no one's helping him out with an answer to the question. So he calls on Rose and she chips in with a, a comparison to the Sopranos and, and stuff like that. I was too busy um, trying to figure out how they were watching the Sopranos in the UK back then. <laughs> because it already finished airing. So... You know, is Rose buying her underage son the Sopranos DVDs? <laughs> and is Marley so sophisticated that he's 16 years old and watching the Sopranos? <laughs> I can believe that of Marley. Yeah, yeah. But like, Flick guess, settling uh, down this, with a box set. This is not me saying I'm sophisticated, but like, <laughs> I can get through the first series of the Sopranos. <laughs> I've, I've never watched it. It's a television yeah. show. Um, yeah. You've watched this. I've watched this and that's it. Uh, so Kim <laughs> Kim phones Carla, who, uh, you know, she's she's so stressed out, she can't explain where she is. Um, and she's so stressed out, she can't explain how Kim got her number. <laughs> and how in the, you know, presumably a lot of time before this, not one other person had thought, why don't we just call Carla? Yeah. Now, um, Alicia, Danielle, who have her number, they're like, oh, we've asked this man on the street who saw her leave the school grounds, but we haven't thought to call the child. <laughs> Um, so Kim gets her to explain where she is through landmarks as if she's drawing it. Um, they find out that she's near a pub with a green roof and so uh, they know where to find her. Um, Kim goes off and, uh, and finds her um, and brings her back to the school. Do we, do we see the merits in this? This whole... It's, it feels like the... Carla's reaction is not to show anything about her no. additional needs it is only to make kim feel worse about what she's let get out of control yeah and it doesn't really do anything for kim's storyline what it does and i sort of got halfway to this before the show did is they were using it so that eddie could develop a sort of respect for kim okay because kim went and resolved the situation mm-hmm. and so but you like, sort of have her when they get back to the school her and eddie have a little conversation and they seem to like 
reconcile and respect each other a bit more. So I guess if there is a utility in the wider storytelling, then that's what it is. But yeah. broadly, it just feels like it's just a story for the week. Hmm. Um, so we find out that Dante has volunteered to work in the crash. He says the words, I'm training for a more important job. And it's sort of framed as like a big moment of growth for Dante, but he, he already had a job. Yeah, he's already trained to be a mechanic. Which we all agree is a, is a valid and valuable thing to be doing. <laughs> yeah, like they never run out of business. No. I'm not saying that childcare is going to run out of business. Well, no. actually, if the last year is to prove anything, it's that childcare facilities can run out of business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also I was like, I was getting more and more irate at the fact that Kim kept saying, only let me have access to my child, only let me have access to my child. I was going, this is a ridiculous thing to say. A crash will never let anyone else have access. Dante just waltzes in and starts rubbing <laughs> children's heads. <laughs> Like, can we uh, CRB check before you start yes. stroking Dante, the children who has, a Dante. who has a conviction for causing the death of a child yeah yeah <laughs> that will absolutely show up on any background check um, so uh, we see uh, Tom and Rose seem to have like a little frisson moment with each other um, Dante talks to Chloe about oh, maybe selling the van and, and, and doing this that and the other and they start playing Make You Feel My Love by Adele in the background. Um, Bol Bolton calls Dante a girl for taking on the role at the crash. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's Bolton. It's just, it's, Bolton. it's toxic masculinity. It, yeah. I'm su surprised Philbo wasn't there to make a double D comment. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense, really, that th these characters would say that. I'm not aggrieved by it. Yeah, so Bolton goes to see Janice who doesn't seem that happy after her operation, but it's weird. I don't really know why this story is in this episode because it doesn't come to anything. No, I think they're going to take it further, but they didn't even put it in the preview for next week. But yeah, it's yeah. just um, it's just there really, isn't it? And then we get a sight exactly. of Janice's so they could have They could have done it in the episode where they're actually going to do a story about it. Yeah. But then it's one of those things that you don't recover from these things very quickly. So is this show no, wants to tell an episode in one day, they can't have a, have a boob job, come to school. And then it'd be like, Oh, a thing. Um, what my, my favorite part of this is that clearly in the script at some point, there is a stage direction for Bolton to check his hair in a mirror. And then they forgot that Bolton has broadly a shaved head. So what he does is he manfully looks into a mirror, rubs his eyebrow and then walks on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kim, having had her little discussion with Eddie, uh, she goes to see David and refuses to give him the money. Um, so she won't be held to ransom. And he says, oh, you'd rather the truth came out. And they have a little sort of scuffle. Um, but it, we're supposed to sort of see this, I think, as Kim coming out on top. Um, I assume Steph's going to get her money back. <laughs> Yeah. Kim's not just like, drinks on me! <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, I think that there's a, a coded assumption here that Grace is better off with Kim than yes. she would be uh, yes. with this the assumption family. To make. And there is no real evidence to support that other than any preconceptions we may have about what it would be like to grow up in Rwanda. Yes. So I, I find that all a bit distasteful. You know, 
yeah, D- David's turned up and he's trying to blackmail her for a thousand pounds. So you get the vibe that the family isn't all like, you know, airtight or whatever. But there's just this kind of thing, which is no, no, Kim deserves to have this baby. The baby is better off with Kim than it would be there. But why? Why is Kim taking this baby to Rochdale better for it than it growing up in its birth with its birth family around her own, you know, cultural up- and upbringing and stuff? There's just, I don't know, it's just that kind of like coded thing, which is, oh, it's fine to take a child away from where they were born and from their birth family if that place is Africa. Is that, do you think that comes across or am I just reading too much into it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a little of both, isn't it? But I think that's definitely there. There is definitely that coded assumption (laughs) where we are supposed to take it for granted that that child is better off with Kim. Yes, we're supposed to want the baby to stay with Kim. Yes. And, and it's all presented as the suggestion is that Kim might have taken this baby that she didn't have to, but we're supposed to be okay with that because of who and where she's taken it from. Yes. With the assumption being that where she took it from is a bad place. Yes. Which, oh, just a bit distasteful. From the Isn't broadcaster it? that brings you, you know, comic relief and Red Nose Day, you'd think mm-hmm. they know better. Um, so uh, Rose shows up at Tom's having already done the homework assignment he sat in in the class that day. Um, he invites her into the house and says, right, so he says, Dante and Chloe are upstairs making up. That's a very... So very... he basically says, my sort of daughter and her husband are upstairs banging. Please come <laughs> in and have a coffee. Like... <laughs> Downstairs sipping beer. Yeah, like... Oh, don't worry about the noises from upstairs. They're just making up. <laughs> it's, just a very, it's very casual how he talks about that, isn't it? Yeah. And like during the daytime as well, do they have no shame? <laughs> very odd. So meanwhile, Rachel and Eddie have gone bowling. Um, bowling. Tech- bowling, sorry. Bowling. <laughs> oh, you even pushed up the sorry then. Sorry, bowling. Bowling, sorry. Um, they, they get a, 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 an SMS message from Philip. Um <laughs> He, he says, I can't possibly go bowling. I've accepted an invite to a gig. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to commit to this. To um, <laughs> so they decide they'll do bowling on their own. Um, Rachel says, I'm going to whip your butt. <laughs> I genuinely like her performance in this in a lot of ways. But the way she acts as like when she's competitive about bowling is so fake. (laughs) It was, I had it down as the least believable thing I've ever seen up until the moment they kiss. (laughs) Yeah. So they have this weird thing where Eddie is being sports Eddie again, because they're just having a sort of fun, lighthearted game of bowling. And then she like does a foul by stepping over the line. And he's like, foul, foul. (laughs) He calls her McEnroe, which I quite liked. Yeah. And then Amy Winehouse kicks in. Amy Winehouse kicks in with some tears dry on their own. And yes, they have kiss me lighting and they have a kiss. And Rachel's kiss is all hands. She's very handsy. (laughs) She's like, oh, I've got you now. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to whip your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Just something about two people in their mid 40s kissing the middle of a bowling alley. <laughs> we know we know all we, we all know after a certain age you have to hide your love behind closed doors. Yeah, so that's yeah. where the episode ends. Um the, the next time trailer 
um, teases uh, Eddie being in charge of the school for a bit because Rachel's away. Um, Rose uh, falls off the wagon and gets drunk. And then there's an exchange between Eddie and Kim. It's not really explained what's happened, but Eddie thinks that Kim sees them as right-wing bully boys. So goodness knows what they've done. No, it's one of those things where they haven't introduced what the children of the week concept is, but they've yes. introduced introduced some of the drama around that concept. So something like happens, like they say um, something about segregation. So I don't know if it's like a boys girls thing. Yeah, and Eddie's like right wing bully boys. Yeah, so that's where we uh, we leave this week's episode. I thought it was an a re- an okay episode. I think it's a lot of filler in a lot of ways. But they, they're getting characters into places they need to be. There's a Janice story coming up. The Kim story is going to pay off. Eddie and Rachel obviously beginning to pay off. Um, there's obviously a big Rose Kelly blow up coming. Something's going on with Rose and Tom. It feels like they're sort of starting a lot of things in this episode. Yeah. Tom hasn't killed a spouse in a couple of years. So. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what they're doing is they're setting the table for the, the second half of this series last week was just like a one-off storyline to bring Kim back and, and do stuff like that. Uh, and now they're, they're showing us where they're going for the rest of the series. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm excited by it. If I'm honest, I think the show is now kind of being driven forward by the two least believable romantic plots they've got, which is um, Eddie and Rachel and Bolton and Janice, which I still don't think is real. <laughs> It's like, stop telling me that is going to happen. <laughs> and it's like, it's one of those things that if the show, you know, introduced them as characters who are already together, fine. But they never did that. Yeah, and if the show never made a habit of making us watch minute by minute all of the kids get together, that's fine. But they do do that. So that means yeah. you can't have a mixture of those things now. That's just insane. And why aren't Marley and Flick back together? I mean, that's the key, isn't it? That's yeah. the key. Um, play out song. It, it's a straight fight between Adele and Amy, isn't it? See, overall, I'm much more pro Adele than I am pro Amy, but that Amy song is much better than that Adele song. Yes. Yeah. So I, th- I think I think we'll go for, for for Amy Winehouse. Are you? How concerned are you about how much the last like four or five series of this is going to use "Someone Like You" by Adele? <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot. He walks away. The sun 